Hey, everybody. It's great to be with you again today on the In Focus podcast to take another fresh look at the Bible and some big Christian ideas and how they bring our world into better focus and empower us to live a more eternal kind of life within it. Today, we are wrapping up a set of three episodes looking at some paradoxical ideas and tensions addressed in the Gospel of John. Today's episode takes us to a passage in chapter 10 and helps bring into better focus a tension between the competing perspectives on salvation from stereotypically conservative and liberal traditions in Christianity. So to begin with a little look at what each of those might be, uh, from the conservative and evangelical perspective, the focus on salvation tends to be on saving ourselves by making the right transaction in order to acquire our tickets to heaven uh, by owning up to our moral failures before God. Uh, This theory of salvation and its corresponding religious culture have conveniently created for us the ticket-punching mechanism of the so-called sinner's prayer. And according to this theory of salvation, Jesus is the one who issues the eternal fire insurance policy that is acquirable, or Jesus might be the uh, barcode changer so that when we are scanned before the pearly gates, there's a pleasant little ding and the door opens for us to eternal paradise. The liberal mainline uh, focus, on the other hand, is more about saving ourselves through good works and for the particularly zealous in taking responsibility as instruments to bring about the kingdom of God on earth. In this theory of salvation, Jesus is something of an odd conglomeration, part innocuous teacher, part social revolutionary, part mystic guru, and part moral exemplar. He's essentially an inspirational figure, and whether genuinely historical or merely ideal doesn't actually end up mattering a great deal. We are moving toward and bringing about God's kingdom through good works and social justice, and probably in our lives the good should ideally outweigh the bad, but in any case, the gate seems to be pretty wide and the way is pretty broad that leads to life. Uh, And so there you have uh, some general stereotypical plays on conservative evangelical versus mainline liberal uh, salvation and some of the pictures of Jesus that underlie those perspectives. Now, these two perspectives on salvation are obviously not compatible, and herein lies a very important tension. Uh, Quite naturally, lots of people are at work asking themselves which of these theories of salvation is correct and how we can then be saved. An important question, no doubt. Is the conservative Uh, salvation correct? Is it conservatives who are accurately seeing and interpreting Jesus? Or is it the liberals who are accurately discerning Jesus and the way of salvation? Uh, My very strong conviction amidst this tension is that though there are threads of truth, or at least 
threads that echo elements of truth woven throughout both conservative and liberal theologies, we should throw them both out as a whole. Neither are actually biblical, and the salvation that they each imagine is not true to salvation as envisioned by the Bible. And the Jesus they are each built upon does not exist anywhere but in their respective cultural religions. Now, that statement might open up a lot of questions, and unfortunately, there's not time to address all of those here and now. Fortunately, they are addressed from many angles and perspectives by a number of great biblically submitted teachers and preachers, and I hope to some degree in every episode of this In Focus podcast, they are most certainly addressed by the Bible and in the story that unfolds within its pages from Genesis 1 to Revelation chapter 22. Today, I would like um, to turn to a passage in John chapter 10 in which Jesus addresses very concisely the major downfall of both the conservative and liberal stereotypes of Jesus and salvation. It reveals that Jesus is much fuller and bigger than either stereotype takes into account. And finally, this passage reveals a foundational context in which our soteriology or our theories and theology of salvation must measure up and ring true. So with all of that said, let's turn to John chapter 10 and let's jump in at verse 9. Actually, maybe verse 7. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is only a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father... And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And then uh, Jesus continues on from there. So, what do we learn in this passage that informs the tension between conservative and liberal theologies of salvation? And perhaps more importantly, what do we see in all this that would warrant throwing out both stereotypes? First, there are two big ideas. Jesus is the door, and number two, Jesus is the shepherd. He's not one or the other, he's both. Uh, but probably better said, he's everything. In the broader context of John's gospel, we learn that Jesus is also the bread of life. He's the light of the world. 
He's the resurrection and the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the true vine in whom we must all be branches. There's no reductionistic version of Jesus that will do. Uh, To borrow an old adage, the whole is far greater than the sum of the parts. So we can't just paste together tiny fractured images or functions of Jesus, even when those little pieces might be true or accurate and still arrive at the truth of who he is. It is true that Jesus is the door, but this truth can't be rightfully isolated so that we arrive with any idea of Jesus that he's just some benevolent doorkeeper by whom we casually save ourselves, who punches our tickets, and who we can otherwise rather frivolously and thoughtlessly pass by in our acquisition of eternal security. Life in the flock is a life of submission and obedience to the shepherd. It is not an acquired life. It is a lived life. Jesus is the door, but he is no less the shepherd. And it is also true that Jesus is the good shepherd, but neither can this truth be isolated from all that Jesus is. His pasture is not open and available to any who might desire it on their own terms. It is bounded and kept for his own flock. And his flock is no random assortment of do-gooders. It is comprised only of those who know the shepherd and who are known by the shepherd. And the only way into either is through the door. There's no bypass. There is no other way in. So Jesus is the good shepherd, but he is no less the door. And the only access point is in him and through him. So how does this all square with the gospel and the larger biblical narrative? This is always a good question to ask in humbly submitting ourselves to the whole of God's word. So regarding the gospel, Jesus said that the kingdom of God was at hand. His ministry was one of proclaiming and manifesting his reign over any and all contenders. He revealed his authority as the king in whom the kingdom was now at hand over all evil, over sickness, and even over death. The metaphor of John 10 perfectly augments and encapsulates this kingdom story unfolding in the life and ministry of Jesus. The king is the ultimate authority and governor. He is the door. The kingdom life is not one of autonomy and independence. It is one of submission, obedience, and service for the king who is our good shepherd. And regarding the Bible story in the broadest sense, Jesus was there in the beginning. He is the word in whom and by whom everything was created and in whose plan and inspiration and authority humanity was set in place to rule creation. At his resurrection, the renewal of all creation was initiated as John poetically lays out for us in John chapter 20. And when we find new life in Christ, the new creation is coming to pass in us, as Paul points out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And then when the story ends, all creation is renewed and reunited with Jesus' faithful followers, 
reigning over the new heavens and new earth under his ultimate lordship. Uh, You can read this in the final verses of Revelation. And then again, the metaphor of John 10 perfectly aligns with this uh, biblical narrative of God's creation. So back to the topic and the episode at hand, what are our takeaways from all this? Uh, Number one, may we always be willing and quick to return to the Bible to measure our thoughts and ideas about God and the world around us. Whatever is right and true will be confirmed, and anything misguided or incomplete can be brought into focus and clarified. Um, To be generous to all of us, uh, even if we're 90% correct about all the things we believe, we have to be humble learners as we slowly discern which is the 90% we're right about and which is the 10% where we're still learning and growing. So number two, uh, fractured, diminished, and isolated theological ideas should be rejected. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts, and the whole makes sense of each individual part. So as followers of Jesus, um, I think it's uh, prudent that we become powerful storytellers and not ever just clever religious salespeople, whether it would be of self-sufficiency or passage to heaven or anything else. And finally, number three from John 10 regarding Jesus and salvation. Jesus is the door. He is the only way in to life. There's no bypass, and we must know him, and we must humbly embrace being known by him if we are to enter the door and be part of the flock. Jesus is also the good shepherd. He's not just a gatekeeper to be appeased and passed by in a moment, only to go about our own thing. He is the good shepherd before whom uh, we live, who we must obey, and before whom we submit our entire lives, or we don't belong in the pasture. So there you have it for today's episode, some reflections on scripture and some big Christian ideas, hopefully providing some focus and food for thought regarding salvation and our door and very good shepherd, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, Jesus the Christ. If today's episode has helped bring your world into a little better focus, please give it a good rating and review and that will actually help others be able to find it. Or you can share it directly with your friends on social media or word of mouth or any other uh, way that you would so choose. If you'd like to hear some specific thoughts from the Bible or about particular big Christian ideas that could help bring your world into better focus, please email me using the address included in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. And until next time... Thanks for being a friend of the show and for tuning in to the In Focus podcast. May your world continue coming into clearer focus and may God lead you into an increasingly eternal kind of life before him. Until next time, uh, have a good one, stay safe, and I'll see you soon.